Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Brendan Escott here, Cody Jansen alongside Bob making his way with the Oilers down to Los Angeles. Yes, they are going back to Cali. Game three tomorrow night, 8 o'clock puck drop. Game four is Sunday and just getting confirmation from the NHL that Tuesday, game five, back here at Rogers Place, another 8 p.m. puck drop. Uh, and hey, you know what? Maybe that's where we could pick things up with our next guest. I, I, I would love the opinion of somebody else on these later games because I know Gary Bettman was asked about it uh, at his media avail. Louis DeBrusque joining us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. River Cree Resort Casino, excitement, bet on it. Uh, Ashley Fine text line as well. That's how you can get in touch with us, 780-496-0063. But we head off to be joined by Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. They provide genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Louis, appreciate you hopping on here after you had the travel day. Was it a good flight down yeah. to L.A.? It was. We're uh, we're just trying to get out of the airport here in L.A. right now and in a vehicle. It's pretty busy here, as you could expect <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah, this is just a whole different animal here than what we're used to. We, we complain about traffic, but I don't know if we should after seeing some of this here. Yeah, and I, obviously you would have spent a lot more time in the metropolitan areas down there than myself. I find L.A. Is to be like a different level from Phoenix or anywhere else. You, the traffic is <laughs> yeah, something is. else. Uh, okay, so I mentioned the 8 o'clock puck drop. Uh, you know, some of these yeah. games, you're getting out of the rink at 12.30 at night. I don't know if that's a big deal or worth even mentioning, but to you as somebody who's broadcasting it on Hockey Night in Canada, you got uh, some of these games that are essentially at the mercy of what's going on in the time slot before Beforehand, and maybe that's why we're seeing, uh, I guess, games start at 20 after 8 instead of 8.07. Yeah, I understand why it's happening. Don't get me wrong. We're kind of used to it uh, in Edmonton, obviously, with the second game on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday nights being 8 o'clock start. So we've kind of gotten used to that. I, I can tell you that I, I don't mind it as much on the weekend that I do in the regular in the middle of the week, so to speak. I think it's pretty tough for people to... Uh, you know, be out that late, get back. Uh, you're getting home, like you said, after midnight for a hockey game. I know fans are really passionate. They'll go at any time. But I think if you were to do a poll, 
I can tell you right now, they'd probably like that game to start a little bit earlier. But I, I truly do understand why it's happening with the, the time difference to the East, um, just to coordinate and have games playing at the at different times and to stagger is why they do it. So because we live in Alberta, that's what we get is a little bit later start to make sure that, that works. So we'll deal with it. I think the players are the ones that have to deal with it the most. And uh, they seem to be not too bad with it, so yeah. we'll be okay with it. Well, just with in mind the uh, the triple overtime game that fortunately took place out east. I wonder what that would look like if if a Western Conference game ended up there. Of course, it's happened in, in past, but just worth bringing up. Uh, hey, okay, so big difference. I can tell you the panel back in Toronto won't like that too much. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, they'll, def- they'll definitely be. Uh, fairly fatigued by the end of that one. Yeah, we'll have to ask for each tomorrow if he's prepared for it. Got an extra coffee or something. Uh, so, Louis, you're, you're down there for Game 3 now, but Game 2, I mean, that was that was perhaps more of a playoff-style game, I think, that we would have traditionally expected in the sense that checks were being finished all over the ice and by everybody. And uh, Edmonton was able to pull away with the special teams, but I, I just thought all over the ice they were able to really assert their own game, and obviously that's reflected on the scoreboard. Yeah, I know, and I think it was a big factor in the game, to be honest with you, Brennan. I, I think game one was really physical. Both teams came out hitting. I thought it was actually the Kings uh, initially that had the more physical start in game one. Uh, game two, I think it was you know pretty even for most of the game, and then Edmonton really took took that over later in the game as they gained momentum. And um, I think it's one of those things we talk about all the time when you talk about a playoff series, having that physicality, those big hits, just accumulate and add up. And when you're dealing for Edmonton in particular with a defense that's a younger defense, inexperienced as far as playoffs are concerned, you have to make sure that you're making them hear footsteps. That's, that's really the whole reason you're doing it, is to wear them down, make them make mistakes, make them do something a little quicker than they want to normally, and as a result, you get pucks back. And I think that when Edmonton started to do that on a regular basis, shift after shift, um, they found a way to get pucks back and score goals. So it's a recipe for success. L.A. was trying to do the same thing to Edmonton, get pucks in behind, work off that cycle. Um, and, you know, not as effective as Edmonton was better in their own end and closing things off. I wonder if, you know, part of this is going to end up forcing L.A. into a bit of a different system, and that's not what Todd McClellan is going to try to do here, especially not on home ice when he can hard line match and that sort of thing. But, you know, Louis, I just wonder in terms of, oh, my my whole thought just totally derailed in the middle of me asking you the question. That's brutal. Uh, yeah, let's go somewhere else then. So... As far as being you're saying about Todd changing the system, you're saying, yeah, okay. So the physicality that comes with, uh, are they going to have to adapt what adapt, they're doing yeah. in that one-one-three? Is where I'm going with this because a yeah. lot of that is allowing the Oilers to chip the pucks in behind and and chase it down and get in on those the younger defensemen like Jordan Spence, for example. Well, you know, and I think that's where Edmonton got into trouble. You know, throughout this series, when they have tried to navigate through that neutral zone and make passes through sticks that just aren't there. That's when L.A. does counter. And there goes Louie. We'll give him a second to try and... The four shifts in a row from Edmonton. They settled back into their formation. And that's the patient game they want to play and wait for their opportunity. There's still lots of time, and I thought they kind of weathered the storm. And there was twice. There was two opportunities for them turning pucks over and looking for a stretch pass up the ice that just didn't convert. But if they would have converted, it would have resulted in a really good chance. And that's what they want to look for. And I thought that was, you know, for me, I was, 
I was pretty impressed with, with how being down two nothing they were able to stay patient. Now, when the score got up to three and four, for me, I. I uh oh, bad reception at LAX. <laughs> okay. Derek, you, you know, Duncan Keith, you know, had that puck a couple of times, and nobody was pressuring him. And it's like, okay, if you want to kill your own clock, you go right ahead. And that's where I think you will see a little adjustment from Todd McClellan, in my opinion. When you have the lead, that works perfectly because you can hold it, you can maintain it, you can be patient. But when you're chasing the game, and especially late in the game, that's where it becomes very difficult. 2 nothing, though, it was still a game, and that goal by Ryan McLeod was a huge one to make it 3 nothing. But um, I do believe you will see a little bit of an adjustment there, especially if LA is behind again. I think you'll see that first guy – um, be a little bit more aggressive to make that puck move a little faster. Chatting with Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque here for our friends at GCL Diesel. Special teams, and particularly that second power play unit, Louis, last night getting a long look, and the big guns were, they actually got a bit of a rest in that game. McDavid and, and Dreisaitl not eclipsing even 18 minutes, let alone 20 or 22. But that gave the second unit a chance to shine. I thought, uh, obviously, Evan Bouchard was looking great there, Vander Kane doing his thing. Can you speak to the importance of being able to give different looks in those special team settings, uh, not just overload that that first unit, and, and particularly here in the postseason when you're seeing the same team over and over? Yeah, I think it's so essential. And when you look at the special teams battle right now in this series, Edmonton's dominating. They have not allowed a power play goal against in eight opportunities. So um, that's remarkable in that sense because you're shutting that down, you're taking that away from the opposition, and the power play's clicking. The top unit and the second unit. So when you have that confidence on the special teams, it allows you to play more aggressively. It allows you to really dig in. And, you know, for Jay Woodcroft, he wants to get as many people involved as possible. Having the lead the way Edmonton did allowed him to put different guys on the ice for more minutes, get more people involved. And I think in the 5 nothing score when Evander Kane scored his power play goal, I honestly think that was also him just not allowing a penalty kill to see the top unit too much in a series that's already having success and giving other guys an opportunity, not giving them anything to really dig into, saying you're trying to run the score up mentally. It's just – but then then they go out there and score the goal to make it 6 nothing. So, you know, listen, I, I think that you want to have both power play units going. Essentially, I think every team would tell you, yeah, it's great to have a number one, but if your number two goes out there and scores you big power play goals at timely – um, situations in the game, what more can you really ask for? And I think the second unit's done that. I mean, they've gotten goals in two games straight, um, and most of the time they're dealing with limited minutes. It has to be done quickly. So they've been very efficient getting pucks in and looking for that shot opportunity, and it's worked both times. So good on them. Keith and Bouchard led the Oilers defenseman in ice time as a pair last night. And again, probably a byproduct of where, where that score was at. But watching Bouchard develop alongside Keith and, and seeing them settle in as a pair, and, and it just seems to me like this is one more of those things that Ken Holland was looking at earlier in the season or in the offseason when he made that move, thinking this is how we would like it to play out. Fast forward eight, ten months later, and we're in the playoffs, and Evan Bouchard is being well insulated by a veteran in Duncan Keith, I think we saw that uh, maybe more so last night than, than we have yet. You know, it's funny. I like to watch it, especially in game one when they were chasing the game. And you watch how Duncan Keith just 
you know, how he goes about his business. It's almost like he settles in even more. And that's exactly what he said in his first intermission uh, interview with Scott Oak is we need to settle down here. We need to settle in, get more defensive, and be patient. And that's just from years of experience of being in these types of games, winning three Stanley Cups, winning gold medals. This guy's played a lot of meaningful hockey in his career, and he just knows how to kind of stabilize. And I think it's been a real good presence for Evan Bouchard. I really do. I think that now that they've played together for a while, you're starting to see that confidence come out in Evan Bouchard, the communication between him and Duncan Keith. But for Bouchard especially, I think you're starting to see him take that next step. When the games have been ratcheted up, you know, a lot of times you watch for young players to see how they're going to handle that. Is it, is it going to you know, make them be less confident, be more conservative? For me, I feel Evan Bouchard is playing his best hockey right now. I think that his stick's been excellent. He's been a little more physical using his size. And the confidence to walk that line in key situations and get shots through um, has been incredible. So I, I think that's a real good sign for a young defenseman in his first you know, real taste of the playoff hockey. Um, I think he's shined. I think he's been a real bright spot in that regard. How different is it, Louie, for this team now heading into Los Angeles or, or game three on the road against any team when you're coming off of a win? You, you can have the split, but if you're coming off of a loss, I imagine it's a lot different hitting the road with the, the desperate, desperation level, I guess, that you would, that you would have. Is there any, any personal experience for you in that sort of realm? You know, it's always a different feeling when you change venues. You know, you're going to a home building where a team's going to have their home fans now cheering for them. They get last change. They can get the matchup they want. There's a lot of little different things that happen. So it, it's almost like starting over. You played the first two games. You split. I've been in that situation before in my playing career. You go into the next building, and for Edmonton, you're just trying to win the next game. For the Los Angeles Kings losing game two, they won that game one. So they have that already in their pocket and they say okay let's go to work and figure out a way to win a game in our home building with our home fans cheering for us and not the opposite so it is different there's no question and i think because of that the excitement will be similar to game one i really do there's going to be some new jitters some new nerves because you're in a different place a different environment and it's exciting at the same time so i think both teams will come out and have that nervous energy early on and I expect it to carry over. I expect it to be a very physical game three. You think it's muted in terms of the the energy that you would have when you're not on home ice, when it's not your crowd buzzing, when it's not, uh, I guess you could relish in, in the role of the villain, but I wonder whether it's easier to settle into a game when, when the crowd's not going nuts for every little thing that you do. Potentially, you know what? I... I think, listen, I, I, you ask any player, and I guarantee you they'll tell you they love playing at home in front of their home fans because they're cheering for you. And there's nothing better. There absolutely is nothing better in sports than, in my opinion, than playing in front of your home fans, having a big game, uh, having a big win, and everybody celebrating in that together. But at the same time, there is something to be said for going into an opposing team's building and also it goes both ways. You go out there, you know that nobody in that building really essentially, well, the majority of people in that building don't want you to win. And it almost gives you that chip on your shoulder when you go into that game. And I think you can use that to your benefit. And most of the time, teams do. They really do try and use that. But they are going to have their home fans, and that should build them up a little bit as well. So, um you know what, it kind of evens itself out. But as far as your, the question you asked, yeah, I think as it, for Edmonton, they can settle into a game a little bit better. The pressure of being at home and having to win in front of your home fans might not be there. I think you can use that too, to be honest, though. But 
I don't know. I, I think that uh, it kind of washes itself out once the game gets going. It's uh, it's pretty intense. And being that visitor, you're just concentrating on going out there and trying to play the game. There's not as much of a, a thinking that goes involved with the matchups. I, I find that sometimes when you're really trying to hard match and get matchups you want, which, you know, let's be honest, for Edmonton, I think that Jay Woodcroft's pretty comfortable with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid going up against anybody. I don't think they're worried as they throw another line out there against one of those two lines. And and quite frankly, against Nugent Hopkins as well. I know they had a tough game one, but you know, a very solid game two. So I don't, I, I don't think that he's really too worried about the matchups. He's going to see what Todd wants to do, and if he likes it, he's not going to change a thing. This is the best chance any Oilers coach has had to read and react with their own lines, just simply by virtue of the depth that Woodcroft yeah. has to work with, right? Uh, Louis, let's, uh, just before we let you go, let's back out and look out east for a second. Uh, Carolina, the only team right now in the playoffs with a 2-0 series lead, and uh, Tampa managing to come back and even things up with Toronto. I highlight both of those series because they look like full-on playoff series. There's some bad blood going on, uh, something spurred last night between Boston and, and Carolina and the goaltending collision. Have you been enjoying what seems like, you know, the true animosity in the, in the playoff hockey in that sense? Yeah. You got to remember Boston's knocked that, that core group of players out twice in the playoffs. So they haven't forgotten that. So there's a little nastiness in that series and they've come to play. That's a great team. They dominated Boston in the regular season. And quite frankly, they're kind of dominating in the playoffs too. I thought Boston pushed back. Uh, in game one, I thought they played real sound the first half of the game. I thought they were the better team. Um, but they just couldn't find a way to put the puck in the back of the net. And the Hurricanes have been very opportunistic. When they get their chances, they're burying their chances. So I expect a real pushback in game three from Boston. They're a very good team on home ice. When they have that change and the matchups will be a little different. So I expect them to push back. But that's going to be a grind to get back into that one and beat the Hurricanes this year for Boston. As far as the Tampa Bay Lightning are concerned, you know, they got beat pretty bad in game one. And there's no question after getting beat the way they did, um, they were licking some wounds after that one. But this is a team that's been through a lot of adversity before. They've won back-to-back Stanley Cups. There's no panic in their game. And the big players came to play. I thought Kucherov had a great game two and not a very good game one. And you just knew that was going to happen. The, the Stars were going to come out to play, and they were going to be hungry to even that series on the road, and that's exactly what they did. I don't expect that to be a short series. That's going to be a grind all the way through because the defending Stanley Cup champs are still going to be very difficult to put away. Toronto has the team, I think, to do it, but it's going to take everybody. Appreciate the time and the insight, as always, Louis. We'll, uh, we'll chat ahead of, well, shoot, I guess, ahead of games five or six and seven, if need be, next week. Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Brennan. All right. Louis DeBrusque, uh, he's from Sportsnet, color analyst for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Step out for a minute, back with uh, maybe a few of your text messages, 780-496-0063, when we return. It wasn't long ago that you really could not buy a vehicle new or used. Can tell you with certainty the pipeline has opened up. Our, our friends at Brent Ridge Ford finally have a few units in stock and some more are coming on the way. Check with uh, Uncle Milt, Johnny and Rich to see if they've got the right unit for you. If not, they can still order one to the exact specifications that you're looking for. But hurry because the order bank is, is filling up right now. If you want to be treated fairly when you buy a vehicle and get outstanding service, 
Christmas, call the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile and with Taskwin. Also tell you that Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. It is delicious. Dinner and a show and the steak there, phenomenal. We are going to hear from Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. He will set up tonight's Game 1, Round 2, Division Rivals, Oil Kings, Red Deer Rebels. Head coach Lauer coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.